I really spent a half a million on the house for granted. I'm really out here dancing. I'm really not romantic. I really got that petty. Hey, hey, I really know it's Eddie. Yo, 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 man. Welcome back. It's season four, first smoke of the day. It's your boy Pat Gods here. I'm here with my co-host, Blackleaf in the building. Man came suited up this season. He's not playing around. This is an important event right here. This is the opener of season four. I've been waiting for this. I know you guys have, and I've been waiting for this guest. We had him on the list since season one. Yeah, when we came up with this idea, we wanted to do this, and this is episode 38. We got my man Serge from Fiore on this bitch. We're happy to have you here, man. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. How are you, bro? I'm good, man. Blessed. Yeah, and we're and this location right here today, we're at what, Epic, we're at the bro. Hype House here in Hollywood. You may have seen this house on a few YouTube videos, and we'll clip some stuff together. You already know, but man, we're Epic. here today to talk about Fiore, the beginnings the ends right now, everything going on, all this dope product on the table. <laughs> and thank you for coming through, man. Thank you guys for having me, man. And just to like lay it out, we've actually had your brothers on already, Gas No Breaks and Fidel. If you haven't seen those episodes, check those out because the three of you, I mean, three cannabis brothers run in LA, cannabis scene, like, I mean, all from different angles too, kind of. Yeah. Dope, bro. Dope. And we all started out, you know, different different times but yeah me and gas no breaks kind of started out during the same era <laughs> was, yeah he he gave me my lane man he definitely taught me a lot in the game he showed me the ropes so shout out to big bro yeah you already know and little bro man yeah, yeah no for real and i didn't know about the full story until we had fidel on and that was episode five he was one of the you know first people that came through you guys had just went on a trip to hawaii and i thought you guys were just all homeboys yeah honest i know we god. get we get that a lot you know you what know i mean that. honestly god truth i was like and i was like i was like damn that's dope they're close ass homeboys like they rock <laughs> yeah. together like that's fine and then fidel's like now nah, we're brothers and i was like what like that <laughs> damn that's doper. crazy you know what i mean yeah. so to know you guys all got your own thing going on but you're working together and your brothers it's just a dope you know dope thing to it's a blessing, to, man. Yeah, man. For to real. see, bro, in the game, for real. Yeah. And you guys are holding down Cookies Maywood. Shout out to yes, Cookies sir. Maywood. Yes, sir. You boys are holding that shit down. You know, dope events. You guys are always innovating and pushing. I, I know bro is always thinking ahead, both your brothers and you definitely. Yeah. So yeah. you're the landmark I mean, we, cookies. Yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're real growers, smokers, real culture heads, you know, so it's only right. Man, talk, talk to us about the beginnings and shit, man. Like, you know, the beginnings of time of, of, you know, cannabis and how that came into your life or was an older bro kind of introducing you or how did it unfold? Cannabis, how it came in my life. I think, you know, uh, growing up in LA and like, you know, going to public schools and shit, you know, it was. Like they teach you about it a dare. And then like you, little by little, you see uh, homies pop up, you know, like little knucklehead homies pop up. And uh, that's how I got introduced to it. I, I pulled up to sixth grade one day and it was like a minimum day. Uh, one of my homies had a sack with him and he's like, yo, let's, let's dip out and let's, you know, let's, let's ditch school and go fucking blaze a sack. And he showed me a little sack. It was in those like mini little Ziploc bags. 
it was a gram of chronic. So we just dipped out, made a, a pipe out of foil and smoke. I don't know if, you know, I, I probably didn't inhale right. The pipe wasn't made right, you know, but I didn't really get faded. A couple of my other homies did. They like, they went home and they fell asleep. I thought they died. I was like calling to check up on them. <laughs> His mom was like, yo, why do you keep calling? I was like, well, nothing. I just want to kick it. Like a day later, dude wakes up. I was like, dog, what happened to you? He's like, that shit was strong. I was like, I didn't even feel anything. So, uh, after that, I, I went home and I, like, I kind of see my dad, like in the corner taking a uh, hit out of his pipe and i was like what the fuck it smells like weed i think my pops is smoking weed <laughs> so i watch him he goes to his little cabinet and he puts it right there and uh i like i let him go back to the to the couch and i i go snooping in the cabinet and i open it up he had it in the little film canister i popped it open and uh it was some butt i, I closed it up i was like all spooked i was i didn't want him to catch me like Fast forward a, a year later in like seventh grade, my homies like talking about, you know, smoking bud and like getting bud. I was like, man, I think I, I, I could get you some bud. <laughs> I, I was going to pinch Pops' sack. So, uh, yeah, dude, fucking, uh, he's like, how much does your dad have? I was like, he's got a lot, bro. I was like, he probably has an ounce. I was like, he keeps it in a, in a little film container. He's like, bro, he can't put an ounce in there. He's like, but bring me something. <laughs> Let me check it out. So pinch pop sack and fucking went back to school. And I smoked. That was the first time I really got high because uh, we went across the street. We had hopped a fence to get out of school and I couldn't hop the fence to come back to school. I was high, bro. I was just sitting outside across the street. Fucking. That's like, awesome. Thinking about what the fuck I just did. But yeah, that was like kind of the, the early days. Wow. Couldn't get back in that day. I couldn't get back in that day, bro. I just do? waited just outside. Nah, you, I was oh, stuck, bro. Up? I couldn't walk. I couldn't do shit. That was, bro. It. I was I was like really high. Till nightfall or what? No, like until after school, until like you, everybody you know what? got like out. getting high young outside is like pretty fucking intense your first couple of times. Like if you're in nature and shit. Oh yeah, like it's. I think that it like makes it a little, little it's, more intense. It's like sure. putting crazy glasses on. Like yeah. everything's so like you feel yeah. kind of drunk. You know it, what yeah, I mean? it's like yeah. a little bit of a haze around the outsides of the view too, and yeah. uh, a lot of giggles. I remember a ton of giggles. You know, well, shit, man. What was what was uh, going to high school in L.A. like? It was cool. I mean, uh, you know, you're exposed to a lot of shit. A lot of you know, back in that era, there was a lot of gangs. Yeah. What oh, years uh, we talking? What years were you in? Uh, in high school? I was in high school in uh, 2000. I would have been in class of 04. So you're an 80s baby. I'm an 80s baby. 86. Yeah. Yep. 86. Still in the mix, baby. <laughs> I, like that. I like that. Yes, sir. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And so gangs, weed. I mean, a lot of bad influences, a lot of good influences. No, but what was, your, what was your school? Yeah. What was your school like? Like, what was it? Uh, what area? The you valley? Know, you know, uh, my freshman year, ninth grade, I was in Hoover High School in Glendale. Okay. And then I, uh, I moved to Santa Clarita. Uh, I, was in, I was in high school for about another year before I got kicked out. It was just like a new scene, new crowd. I didn't know too many people. I was like bumping heads with a lot of people, you know, yeah. just being a fresh kid over there. So, um, but my, my sophomore year, I ended up 
you know, just asking people around like, yo, I need a connector, bud. I'm new around here. And uh, this chick that she actually like DM me like not too long ago, like she plugged me with some grower back in the day. And like, I fucking, I, I would cop like ounces and, you know, go sell it to my homies in Glendale and come back. And like ever since high school, I've always been like, you know, selling bud, whether it was just to like, you know, get some free smoke or, you know, yep. earn a little bit of uh, cash. But you remember what yeah. strains it was you were picking up right then when that like homegrown shit, when it was first coming through? It, it was like chronic back then, like before, like, you know, we were like strains were popping and stuff or before I knew what a strain was, there was there was the uh, stress the Mexican okay. brickweed and then there was a uh, chronic and then shortly after there was the, the OG Kush. And then right after that era, like my, my older brother got his, uh, uh, his doctor's prescription and, uh, the whole medical scene opened up to me, you know? He, so he would go in at first and he would do all the shopping. I'd like, I'd be like, damn, what do they have in there, bro? And he would like describe everything. I'd be like, fuck, I wish I could go in. You're talking gas, no brakes. Gas, no okay, brakes. Bro. Okay. Yeah. So it was a trip though. Like at first, like I tried to hide it from him that I, that I even smoked. And then like one day, you know, uh, we smoked together. And then after that, like it was on and popping. That's dope. So, so not a lot of like Dutch strains to start. Like it wasn't like, oh, here's White Widow and here's all, cause like a lot of, a lot of people you hear, oh, it was all these Dutch strains, you know, in the beginning, but it was more like OG Kush was like the real wave when it first came through. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, yeah. OG Cali Kush, wasn't on that Dutch yeah, stuff o, as much. OG Kush. Yeah. Like at first it was just chronic, you yeah. know, anything that was just not stress was chronic. So maybe that was some, yeah, some Dutch, but who knows what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some, I mean, dude. And the OG was like the wave, huh? The that OG, took over? like, it's it's still like, you know, like that that old school gassy, piney fucking, and it leaves like a buttery ass residue on your fingers. Hard that to shit grow. was like 25 a gram all the way up. $75 Ooh. for like three grams. You, you weren't getting no breaks. Doesn't matter how much you were buying. That's, you know, that's what wow. it was. That's incredible. Oh, 25 yeah. a gram. Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Those were the days though, for real. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we went to the Venice, Venice doctor and got, you know, played ring around the rosy <laughs> with some shops and found a cool little spot a couple times with our medical cards. Really crazy. It's dope, man. I mean, that was the introduction for everyone really. To, yeah. For U.S., you know, stateside, I feel like. Um, and then Colorado, obviously. You know what I mean? It was different out here, though, than anywhere. Yeah. No, the yeah, yeah, yeah. So the vibe different. Way more open. Way you had celebrities open. and shit going to your high school as well? Was that? Nah, not really. It was real people. Yeah. This guy, guys. bro, this guy loves loves movies and shit. He's, <laughs> I just asked. Like, you grew up in you Hollywood. Guys, like, well, you, you guys you are from Florida, Hollywood, bro, right? <laughs> you grew up in Hollywood, man? Nah, <laughs> nah. I ain't no little city boy. <laughs> nah, 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 but it's it's interesting because you, I mean, you're in the mix. You're in the Mecca of weed, the Mecca of like so many different industries. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I was I was in Santa Clarita. It's like, you know, the outskirts of LA County. Yeah. This is a dope little yeah. area. Yeah. Straight up. Especially right now. Yeah. You know, Gas no breaks was always a bad influence or what? 
I think yeah, I was a bad what influence was it like having on him. As a big bro, man, rough, bro. But you know what? Was, like, he, was far, he hard on you? He, yeah, like me and him would always have fights, fist fights. You I know? can see that, bro. We always bumped heads. But through throughout all those years, like I got to know like how his mind operates, right? And then I got to know his thought process. I was like, all right, I get it. <laughs> so you just learn you just learned his system I, I, I learned a lot from him man like he, he's yeah. a hell of a businessman no he you is know? and he's he got is. a discipline uh he does in in the early days when we first started uh he he went away for a while so i gotta give you the whole story man so yeah he, what was so we were at high school graduate you know what's popping uh so so already in like early in high school, as soon as I moved to Santa Clarita, I was already like, you know, buying like quarter pounds and this and that and finding backseed and I was popping backseeds. I was already doing a whole bunch of bad shit. Fucking. Uh, so you were growing. I was, I was growing. I was on, I was on like THC farmer learning ways yep, how to grow and shit. And, uh. I, I popped, like I germinated a couple of seeds and then I put them into the dirt. I was like fucking fascinated, you know, with the whole process. I was like, damn, I just got this seed out of the sack. It can't be like, man, like imagine like what I could grow, you know? So I start doing my research, you know, all right, 12, 12 is flower, 18, six is veg, you know, learn about nutrients, media, light cycles, you know? filtered water non-filtered water and all this shit and i was just a kid at the time like i would like i was on the forum and i would hear like some dude was on his street and they're barely developing the street and he found some hps lights and he he swooped up one so i'd be like walking around the neighborhood like looking for an hps light i could swoop up on so yeah way was, back Way, way back. When people used to climb light poles and steal the bulbs because it was the only way to get HPS bulbs without getting your name on a list and shit. Yep. Crazy. Wow. Damn. Wow. Yeah. So shortly after that, I uh, I got into some trouble. The cops came to my house. They ended up catching me with a little plant in my desk, like behind my drawers. I had a desk oh, lamp shit. and I had one plant over there. It was like probably six inches tall. It was probably on its like first or second set of leaves they found out that and a fake id and they charged me with two felonies oh and i went to juvenile hall when i was 15 years old damn in, so in this Silmar. is this is before high school is even up well, like like During right there school. yeah like between you, you're like not even driving ninth yet. and tenth grade no yeah. i'm not driving people think weed was cool no. in cali all the time no it, you guys was all bad, you're going bro. to probation for a plant how, that how, wasn't flowering how did that go down it was it was fucked up because they just uh, came in the house or well I, I was a I was a fucked up kid bro like before pops was cool with it like I would get caught smoking weed and he'd like beat my ass for it you know it'd be like you know I'd be like yo you're a hypocrite you smoke weed but you're over here beating my ass right. for smoking weed <laughs> so I think a lot of us went through that yeah shit. so like I was butting heads with them and then I think you know. Yeah. He just like called the cops on me or some shit. I was yeah. a knucklehead back then, bro. He was at his breaking point. Yeah, so. He probably scared the shit it, out of him. 
Oh, you, it, you, it, you, it was you, it was a wake up call for you me, ass, bro. You I was like, the I, shit was out a, of I was like a dumb kid, you know. And the next thing you know, I'm in fucking juvenile hall. That's crazy. You didn't know you had all that either. That's fucked up. Yeah, That's a fucked I was, up situation. I was, I was stuck for 30 days. I fought my case. Wow. Ended up beating that case though. I'm not the fake ID because it had my picture, but the the weed case. Yeah. You were the really cultivation Nick Papa case. Giorgio. Dude, young Surge beating cases from day one, from fifteen, bro. We ain't taking that charge, dude. I love it. Beating cases throughout my whole like you know life, I I've gotten pretty lucky with like uh certain like cases and and stuff, and I've I've got product back later on in life. That's another story, you know. Yep. Okay, we can get oh, into yeah, that later. Holy hell. We can, we can get into that later. So, you know, if that's 14 or 15, 16, 17, 18, what's it starting to get like? Are you starting to, you know, you went through that experience. I know that tightens anybody up a little bit right there. Having to sit 30 days, it, it'll, you kind of, yeah, you kind of see, you're like, ooh, you get a little glimpse, like, oh, this ain't sweet, you know? Yeah, it wasn't sweet. It was like, you know, it was a wake up call, but then I got out and then it kind of like, you know, I went down the wrong path. You know, I was, I, I went even fucking have, yeah. even, even worse, bro. I, I didn't like authority. Oh. So I was just selling weed throughout high school, just, uh, trying to survive yep. doing my thing. And then, uh, was mom just playing the background with dad or. Yeah. They, they both kind of worked, uh, you know, long hours so they were they weren't there the only person i had to outsmart was my grandpa and you know he was cool with it bro like i was i was you know smoking weed around him and he would always ask me like yo what is that like yo it's weed grandpa (laughs) i tell him about it and shit but yeah it was interesting i remember like i i know that i think i was like 17 18 i was just like my grandma was in there i was like i'm gonna fire this blunt up it, just, with her in the room no 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 i was oh, outside oh, oh, and she okay, could okay. see through the sliding door and oh. i was like and i was just like you know what <laughs> damn <laughs> did she say something yeah she opened the door up she, what, the, what are you doing boy yeah and uh <laughs> I think i'm smoking weed and i was like this is better than alcohol this, there's nothing wrong with this and you're taking and a stand just, and she she said she just sat there and watched me you know and you didn't act all giggly and see if i was gonna act all crazy and i i didn't and i was like that's usually the thing with with family members you know i was maybe laid back probably at the time i'm young you know what i mean anybody you're like but you know that shit's funny yeah they want to know if you like are messed up about it or what yeah they want to know if you're gonna act crazy i mean it's my mom was saying it was like like your life is over was reefer madness you're gonna go crazy you're gonna be a different person you might do something violent to yourself or to someone around you like all these misconceptions that literally zero percent are true even around the cancer subject they can't even prove that it causes cancer so it's just interesting how and i feel like growing up on the east coast and a lot of people from all other states we think of cali like oh it's always been it's weed in cali they've always been cool with it but now you're talking about, dude, you were in probation for a plant, that, one little plant that wasn't even flowering. Like, I mean, that's a felony. That yeah. wasn't even a misdemeanor. It just shows yeah. you like, dude, it's tough. Yeah. Then so, what? Yeah, I mean, dude. Uh, yeah, man, it's, it, it, 
it, it never was how it is today. You know, we had a fight to get here. Everybody did, you know, and it's yeah, been a crazy 100%. journey. Not for real. Everyone paved the way in their own way. Exactly, bro. So was it just continued smoking or did you start to grow now? Like when did that? No, I, 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 I wanted to grow. So I, I germinated more seeds and then there was like a little hillside behind my house and uh, I popped a couple of plants over there and, and I was still in probation and going to like fucking drug programs and all this shit that they had me sign up for. I had harvested the, these plants outside my house. They were like, stunted you know they're really short probably like a single cola there's like five of them so i i chop them and my dumbass hang hung them in my room in the closet <laughs> had my fucking dad take me to my drug class dude picks me up and with my grandpa and he's like fucking mad he's like <laughs> i get in the car and he just let me have it he's like He's like, what the fuck were you doing? He's like, don't you know they'll take our house away for this shit? You're growing weed in our house? He's all the whole house stinks like weed. I was like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so we go and fucking dude has all the weed in a Ziploc bag and put, oh. put me and my brother, because like he's like, he's like, I hope you're not in on it. He was telling gas no breaks. He's like, I hope you're not in on it with this shit. And uh, he acted like he was going to throw it away. And uh, he smoked that me shit. And, me and Gas No Breaks, we went through the whole fucking trash can, bro. Every bag, <laughs> like a fucking raccoon, bro. We couldn't find it. And then I started yelling at my mom. I was like, I know he's smoking that shit. <laughs> get my weed back. But I got to like pinch it back, you know, like get a little taste of it. It was like the best weed I had smoked at the time. Wow. It was real terpy and it got purple from the, from the cold weather outside. I was just like blown away. I was like, damn. Like if I could grow something that dank yep. just from seed, I was like, fuck. You were risking a lot too, though. You were on probation or on, you know what I'm saying? Like that you were risking a lot from literally day one with the growing thing. Yeah. Like if they would have got you at that house while you're going through drug classes, like you're probably going to jail at that point. Yep. Man. So keep it going from there. Where's it go? So from there, uh, I think I put my parents through enough. They wanted, uh, they wanted like out. So as soon as I turned 18, they sold the crib and they said they're packing up and going back to Lebanon. Yeah. <laughs> Holy wow. shit. Man. So you boys rent. That's rough. <laughs> yeah. We, 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 we were fucking bad, bro. So Man. they dipped out. Uh, and me and uh, Gas No Breaks got our own apartment. We had a job like selling pallet racks and shit. That was doing well for us. So we moved in together and uh, we were bumping heads though. We were really young. You know, we would get into fights and fucking, it wasn't cool. So uh, like at the end of the lease, he ended up dipping out and going back and moving in with my parents in Lebanon. And I kind of thugged it out right here in, uh, in LA, solo dolo. No Damn, shit. Yeah. That's tough, man. So what'd you do while you were, while you were here? So I was 19. Uh, I was just, uh, I was just grinding. I actually started doing electrical work. I, yeah. I linked up with, with a homie that's also in the cannabis game now. Uh, his name is Sevon. Uh, dude owns uh, Green Thumbs LA. So that dude, uh, I, I apprenticed for him learning electrical work. And that fucking, like, that shit taught me a lot. So for a solid year or two, I did, like, grunt work, crawling into attics, you know, uh, 
doing, you know, basic electrical work, changing breakers and shit and getting the knowledge of everything, you know, how ACs work and, and all that shit. So that kind of laid the foundational knowledge for me later on in life. It was going to become like a very, very uh, valuable tool. So Absolutely. I spent a couple of years doing that. And then uh, I, the whole time I was living with, uh, with, you know, my, uh, my high school girlfriend, we, uh, we ended up having a, a, a little girl. So I was, 20 years old at the time and that kind of like you know really woke me up to like all right i'm I'm gonna have to hustle i gotta stop bullshitting not that i was bullshitting but it got me more focused you know yeah that i got i got another soul to to provide for you know i gotta man up and do this so like right around that time my brother came back and uh he had been gone like what a year or more yeah like six months okay yeah and uh throughout that when he came back like he was selling bud he got himself an apartment and he was just like you know uh trapping doing his thing and then my cousin uh at the time like this was in 06 he uh he he kind of figured out a way to get a pre-ICO license. So he got a license and uh, his shop was popping. And uh, back then it was like, it was based off, his motto for his shop was based off of uh, uh, my homies that came from, down from Frisco. They would have $45 eighths of like dope ass variety. But then uh, like vent, they were like dependent on vendors coming in and, you know, bringing them bud. And, uh, sometimes like they would have like really good buds. Sometimes they wouldn't depends like if a vendor would show up or not. So they were at the mercy of that market. My brother gas, no breaks was over there at the shop helping them. They were, uh, they were doing pretty well. And then one day he, uh, he met a, a plug out in Humboldt in Southern Humboldt in Garberville at the shop and uh they made a trip out there that's a crazy story he tells on the podcast yeah. yeah yeah so after they made that first trip he came back and uh uh he 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 bumped heads with my cousin and stuff so he ends up leaving the shop and uh like i had a little bit of money saved up he's like yo you want to make a trip up to to humble with me we could flip that cash real quick <laughs> So I was like, fuck, man, I need this shit to get my license reinstated. <laughs> Brothers, what are they for? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, he convinced me. He's like, yo, put up this 5K and, you know, we'll flip it real quick. These cool dudes are real cool cat, you know? So we just fucking got in his little fucking scion and fucking mobbed up to humble, bro. Nine hours straight from L.A. Just probably like barely stopped for gas. We had some pre-rolls. We were smoking on the way and shit. It was it was a cool scenic drive, you know. It got me used to what was to come. <laughs> it was you know we were opening, we were going like we were about to open up a whole portal. Yeah. So yeah, we we ended up going up to to Garberville, meeting some dudes that I'm still cool with, real cool cats, you know. Uh, and we just hit it off, bro. We brought down one, turned that into a hundred, and it was like a weekly thing. Just fucking kept going up and down. We started, I left my job 
doing electrical work and stuff, I started uh, rolling with bro. We started vending to all the, all the shops that we knew. There was this uh, magazine called the LA Gem, uh, the journal for uh, medical marijuana. So we'd open it up. It was a bunch of ads for 215 shops. And cool. fucking me and bro would hit them up. Be like, yo, I'm a vendor. You guys wow. looking for product? Smart. Some were like brave. They would be like, all right, what do you got? And fucking you tell them. But like some would be like, all right, just come. And you'd show up. Some would treat you like shit, even though they told you to show up. <laughs> and fucking some were like fucking, you know, they'd welcome you because like they didn't have no product. So from there, we just, you know, met a lot of people in the industry we still fuck with. Um, that's how I met my, uh, my partner, poker, uh, poker star, Edwin tuna to tuna. I, uh, I met him, uh, at my cousin's shop. He was actually running product for, uh, my, my cousin, like he would bring product for them too. So every week, like we'd be like a couple of days off, he'd go to Garberville and then he'd be like, yo, it's hot, bro. The feds are flying in and there's like fucking burlaps of weed they're flying off with. Oh, like holy shit. The, the camp fucking raids that they would do. So we just warn each other, like, you know, like, all right, go from here. Don't go from there. And then we brought them on board. Well, as, as we start fucking vending and stuff, I go to this shop called Van Eyes Organic and I met uh, Edwin over there, my partner. And then, uh, his partner at the time fucking robbed him of everything and he was new in the industry. He didn't know much. So uh, he hit me up and we laced him with a whole menu. I brought some people to like run his shop and it blew up. So in return for, for helping him out, he helped uh, me and my brother get a, a retail location going. So that was our that, first man. dispensary back in uh, 2009. It was called uh, Sunland Organic. And what was it again? Sunland Organic Sunland Pharmacy. Sunland Organic Pharmacy. Yep, SOP. Uh, his shop was called Van Nuys Organic, and it was built off the same model. $45 eights, real compassionate shit. You know, back then there was no taxes. You know, we could have sold eights for 75 because that's what they were doing at the time. But 45 bucks, come in, you'd have a fucking amazing menu to choose from. Deli style, of course, you know. And a uh, little 700 square foot shop right there on Foothill Boulevard in Sunland. And it blew up, bro. Like we were doing numbers. Was some, were you dealing with local growers as well? Or was it all source yeah, product? Yeah. yeah. So we, you're meeting all kinds of people at that time too. Yeah. Yeah. We would, we would deal with local growers. Uh, and of course, like the best of the shit that, you know, we had was all coming from, you know, up north. Yeah, any uh, of the guys we, we know today that have brands that you were like, oh, that guy used to man. Uh, yeah, one of them. Uh, one of them. Uh, on Instagram, uh, Humble Boys. I don't know if. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, the other one, Turby Johnson, seven hundred seven dudes uh, with the Southern Humble Turf Farms. Yeah, Been these are real it. solid cats, bro. And we we went through a lot of ups and downs and stuff, you know, because. Uh, we built the relationship off of trust and uh, we were going up there when we got our first pound, we came back so quick, dude like fronted us one, you know? So we we're always like on the cuff for a bunch of product. Then fast forward a number of years later, we we're real popping. Uh, we opened up another shop down in San Diego. Then we went through a raid 
at our uh, selling shop. Uh, cops came through, busted the doors, you know, fucking robbed us blind. And then we built it back with them, you know, this and that. So I always kept it cool. Like name, name good everywhere, bro. Worldwide. <laughs> like homicide. I like that. I like that. And so growing so still has to come clear. in. No, no cultivation yet as far as like, you know, lights and stuff in the background for you guys. Mostly sourcing product and knowing so, growers and being deep. Yeah. Where, where the growing started was when, uh, when we opened up a shop in San Diego. It was a it was a pretty big location, and in the back we had a room. Uh, me and Tuna cracked off uh, a little four lighter over there, so we were uh, we we're just getting our beaks wet, man. You know, we we started growing, and as we started like growing, we got raided. So Ooh. it kind of we knew that we were being watched because when we got all the reports and stuff, our lawyers were like, yo, these guys were like surveillance was on you guys for a while you didn't see people like following you around like these guys have detailed reports of where you guys are going what you guys are doing so we were like afraid to go up north so we we just didn't go we stayed and little by little we started growing more and more so that four lighter we started with it was cool and then uh as we were doing that we started getting a bunch of house grows going so uh what strains at first? Our first strain that we grew was some, uh, I think it was some purple Bubba and some, some Tahoe, some Tahoe OG. Yeah. Beautiful strain. Gotta have some OG there in these yeah. strains, right? Oh yeah. And Tahoe's yeah, like, yeah. such a unique OG one. Did it. You were just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, OG you know? was everything back then, yeah. bro. Yeah. So four lights what it turned into you, you you're, you're you're popping off so we got the residential phase yeah getting so into that and then yep so we had a bunch of grow houses going and then uh we got raided a second time our lawyer on our first case the lawyer's like yo open up these fools don't got shit you know you guys are doing everything by the book paying taxes payroll everything by the book and we were how the state says yeah and uh they didn't give a fuck. So uh, they came and hit us again. And at the time, DEA was uh, giving out letters to landlords saying, uh, you better, sh if there's a cannabis business you're renting to, you better shut down or else we're going to seize the property. So we got one in San Diego. So we ended up closing down the shop and the grow in San Diego. And uh, after the second raid, we closed down the shop in uh, Sunland. So it went to, and we were all out on bail, felony cases, sales of marijuana, fucking no maintaining an unlawful business. Uh, they they arrested my pops, my cousin, Damn. employees. For we paid bail for everybody. They raised the bail. We had to bail everybody, pay the bail again. Jeez. Lawyers, five people on one case, another five on the second case. It just cost us millions, bro. So. Anything that we did make from the game, they took it right back. And we had to start back fresh, you know, square one. But we were go-getters and stuff, you know, we didn't let that fade, fade us. But uh, the deal that we had to take was, you know, uh, my brother Gasno Brakes had to yeah. go sit for a little while, you know. And uh, he got three years. 
tuna got a year and uh he did about a month and came home i got fucking a month and a bunch of probe five years probation so and they and they came over the, the shop the shop was all working. over the shop and they and they and they uh they let my dad go scot-free and my cousin scot-free because they had some like they're they're uh they got green cards so they were trying to deport them so they had no bail, no nothing, immigration hold, and, and they were trying to deport them. So they cornered us into taking some fucked up plea deal, and that's what we did. So when the game, when the 215 game was cracking off, like high times days, when people are fucking out here winning 107 awards, you know, like one company wins 107 awards. How does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like while people are building brands, like we're over here we're growing some fire, you know, and we got to stay on the low and, you know, no brand building or nothing, but they almost forced you underground. Yeah, they did. You know what I'm saying? Like, literally it sounds like they were like, all right, well, you can't do this. So we were legitimate businessmen. We had, we had a tax certificate, business license, uh, a hardship license at the time, you know, like they, it was like a loophole, but it was still legal. So, yeah, it was it was fucked up because we were doing everything by the book, and uh, they forced us underground, bro. So when that happened, we just went started growing in in houses, and after a while, I was like, man, like got to go bigger, you know? Like this shit ain't gonna cut it. I'm over here running around like four or five places. I got four or five homies living in other trap spots, like taking care of the grows, like ten, twenty lighters here and there, and. uh uh, my pops were at you know after a certain age me and my pops started smoking together you know I was like he knew what was up and he was like i'd rather have you smoke at, at the crib and not get arrested on the streets so uh he's been like a more of a friend to me so a- after a certain age like after this whole shop scene this and that he he knew some friends that had uh warehouses in the valley so uh he he connected me with them and we started up a little uh, a 50 lighter in North Hollywood. And that, like, we grew it from, like, one section of the warehouse that the old man let us have. It was like a failing mechanic business. He used to fix, like, rack and pinions and shit. And, like, Chinese manufacturing came on and his business went to shit. So from running out one section of his warehouse, we got, like, another 50 lighter and another 50 lighter. So it was, like, a cool little 150 lighter going on over there. And well, uh, Asians are about it out here. Like they're they're like every time I hear is like someone being like, "Yo, we got our first big grow." It seems like it was from like a, a, a an awesome you know person in that community. It seems like they're they're pretty open with it. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. It's all that's awesome because a lot of people are so closed minded. They hear grow and they're like, "Nope," you know. Yeah. So for, from then I was like, "Fuck." And that's a lot of lights around that time. That's a good, you know, oh, now, yeah. you, now you're going, now you're, yeah. you yeah. know, now okay. you're at scale. So yeah, yeah. where's we, it going from there? You're starting to build a name, starting to make a buzz. Yeah, we we were never no brand building still, you know, the only type of brand building we ever did was like the, the, the people that we pretty much gave the, the product to the shops that we served they knew that they could depend on us for a certain type of work and they would call it like, you know, like whatever OG, you know, back then, like a lot of people were in, in the, in the dispensaries, right. 
they would fucking like switch the name on whatever the fuck, bro. Yeah. So you'd bring them one OG and they'll be like, all right, I'm going to call it uh, Skywalker. I'm going to call yeah. it San Fernando Valley. And everybody had an OG and it might have been the same cut or two, but everybody had a different variation. So these fuckers were like, hit them with fucking, this is this, this is yeah. that. So they depended on us for like fucking quality OG. And that's like the only type of lane that we made as far as like, you know, branding and this and that at the time. Uh, what was the OG cut though that you were growing? Like, what did you know it as? Uh, the Tahoe. The Tahoe. Yeah. It, I think it was from like uh, Connected. Uh, not oh. Connected. Uh, Cali Connection. Yep, the, there the you Cali go. The Cali Connection. Yep, Cali Connection so, yeah, Co. Sway or whatever. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, like dude had it popping pretty early on with the OGs, bro. I'm not going to lie, you know. Like a lot of the shit that we were growing was his gear at the time. Yeah, well, what, what were the types of strains you were growing? during that time mainly a lot of ogs bro for a solid like 10 or 12 years all i grew was ogs because that's all that the market wanted in la you couldn't come with nothing else bro you gotta be not give a fuck what you had you can't sell it in la if it wasn't og back in in that era so we just had a lot of og and mainly that one tahoe and then uh we have this madman cut uh yeah, and we just ran with those for for a long ass time. Damn, that's dope. Yeah, it is so dope. Scaling up from 150 lights, where does it take you from there? And what year is this? You think about now? Because 150 lights is a lot. This right? is probably 2012, 13. Yeah. Yep. And. uh so after that, that place kept getting bro- broken into because it was in the hood and they would like literally find their way in Doesn't no matter, matter what. Yeah, you know, we'd center block shit and these motherfuckers would, would like break in from the roof and come in from the roof. Sounds familiar. Oh and, man. And they'd harvest their whole facility in like two hours. And it's like, yo, like <laughs> come work for me, man. The whole neighborhood comes. The whole neighborhood's like working on your, your, your yeah. spot at the time. We got one. Yeah. Come with us tonight. It's we're gonna hit this spot again. It's there. Hold on. It's harvest day. Three days. They're flushing right now. Like for real. It's Crazy. Insane, man. So 150 lighters getting broken into, spots burnt, moving on. Where does it go from there? We moved on from there and kinda uh at that time there was like a little drought in LA. So like I was like noticing a lot of people were hitting me up for work and I hit up a uh, poker star cause uh, you know, like had a, had a cool little relationship with them and we made some money. So I was like, yo, uh, you still got your plane? He's all like, yeah, man. <laughs> I was all like, I was like, you want to go up North and, you know, grab some work real quick and flip it. I was like, I, I know plug and you know, everybody's blowing me up. So he's like, all right, cool. Add Damn. some paper. He had the plane. We hopped in in his old, uh, in the old Baron, a little two engine plane. I was like calling everybody that flew with him. I was like, yo, is this fucker a good pilot? (laughs) Does this fool want to live still? (laughs) So yeah, like we we made a quick run up to Santa Cruz and uh, we picked up some work, came back and the whole flight there, I'm like chopping it up with him. And he was telling me how he has like a 60 lighter with these dudes that, you know, 
they're like charging him a recipe fee and he doesn't have a key to the own to his own place and i was like bro pull the plug on these clowns bro he's like they're like harvesting one pound of light i was like come on dog i was like put your boy in coach yeah so uh they were doing them dirty dog so by the time we got back like he wanted to take over the spot and uh these guys like when he kicked them out they pulled like the the fire sprinkler and flooded the whole fucking building damn so it was like a it was like a worthless spot you know so we ended up he knew a lot of people he always knew people like with real estate so we ended up getting this place cracking in downtown la this was probably like in 2015 and uh it was a it was an old laundromat and we built that place and I was doing the electrical work with him and shit. And as we were building it, you know, it was, a, it was like a 32 lighter, but it was ahead of its time. We had a double decker veg, automated fucking watering and everything. And wow. as we were building it, he was, uh, he was like, yo, the state's about to pass a wreck and fucking, you know, we, we got to be up on game, bro. We had all these shops before and we both kind of got dealt bad cards and, uh, you know, we ain't got no shops right now. He's like, we got to work on, you know, getting the license. So we knew a lawyer or this guy was a, he used to be a judge from Glendale. His name was Steve LaBelle. Not like we work in Steve LaBelle. Like, okay. I was like, was okay. Like, yeah. Yeah, I was like, why does that name sound familiar? So this, this guy fucking, we went and had a sit down with him and he was one of the guys that I guess helped, uh, write a part of the prop 215 language. And uh, they went to him for consulting on, you know, some of the language on the Prop 64 stuff. So he advised us. He's like, yeah, man, you got to convince a city to, to, you know, adopt a cannabis ordinance and to give you guys a license from the city. And then the state will issue a license for you. So we went around to different cities trying to fucking get them to adopt a, a cannabis ordinance. You and Back Poker in, Star. Me and Poker Star. Dressed up. Going down to city, like yep. trying to, yeah. Wow. This was in 2015. Like, bro. I didn't really dress up, but I'm just saying, you know, and I had to learn real quick, right? Because we would go from city to city and get shut down. And I would tell him, I was like, bro, this is a fucking waste of time. Why are you dragging me over here with you? You know, yeah, it's, mm. it's not my, my like place, yeah, yeah, it's not my scene, yeah. But he taught me a lot, bro. And, yeah. and that whole uh, journey taught me a lot. He had a lot of foresight. We got to get legal. We got to get legal. Remember what happened to us first time? Yep. I mean, that's awesome. So though, he's, he's, teamwork. Like, he's like eight or 10 years older than me. So he was up on uh, the, the legislation and, and, and talking to council members and shit like that. He, from back in the day, he had relationships with a couple of people. But teamwork so, this whole time, I keep hearing teamwork. Like you teamwork, had a crew. Bro, of course. Your brother, a crew. Is Fidel enter the picture at all yet? Fidel is, yeah. So just to bring it so, up, I'm so just a couple of years prior to that, uh, when we when we got raided and stuff, when we were going, you know, growing in like a bunch of houses and stuff, I opened up a grow store, a hydro shop with uh with gas no brakes, my brother Arm, uh, and Smart. my cousin. Those three of us, we opened up in, in Santa Clarita Valley. It was called SCV Hydro back then. And then it became a, a commercial grow supply. And now it's a grow generation store, actually. That's a famous wow. store. 
It is, man. That's it's a got famous a lot store of, in the valley. I hope people, if you don't history, know that, bro. It's yeah, got a lot like of he just named off history. three mecca stores where, like, if you are an OG in the game, you probably shopped there. You know, these are famous stores. You played it off really nice. I've heard of these, and I'm from Florida, so yeah, <laughs> Bless yeah. love, bro. Yeah. So yeah, like when when we got raided and we had to step away from that, I, I kind of you know went to the to the hydro shop and spent a lot of time over there building that. And then uh, my brother Gas No Breaks went away to prison, and uh, my cousin at the time was strung out on booze and, and and fucking drugs and shit. So the the whole shop was like on me, you know. And I had a I had a grow that was making me a good living. I didn't want to like step away from the grow and be in a retail environment that wasn't for me, you know. So I, I sold it to a friend of mine, and he took over and fucking made it what it is today. And wow. You know, it was an amazing journey, but it taught that part of my life taught me a lot about growing too. Cause I'm in the grow store. I'm learning every day about every kind of nutrient, every type of product, uh, what it does, what it's for. People come in with all kinds of problems and you know, like you're just learning with them. Oh, I tried this and it worked. I tried that and it worked. This fucked my shit up. That, that works great. So I'm learning over there. You know, we, I remember we were at the city of Carson and they were doing the bid for the SoFi Stadium, okay, before where, where I think it got built in Englewood or wherever they got it. But I remember going and talking to the mayor, and this dude has a model of the stadium on his desk, and we're over here doing cannabis talk, pitching cannabis to the city. So I was like, fuck, you know, like, this is an important conversation, and dude's hearing us out, you know, like, people are like, they're, they're listening. So... That obviously didn't pan out, and uh, you know Maywood was uh, was next up on the list. We went up to Maywood, and we kept going to city council meetings. People were like fucking lobbying against it for some fucking reason. They would come with like uh, picket signs saying, you know, oh like God. no marijuana, and you know, like we're like, why? You know, we're gonna we're gonna create jobs and and tax revenue and this and that. Eventually, you know, we, we, we stuck around Maywood for a while and, and then it was like pretty costly, you know, doing, uh, f fundraisers for, you know, their elections and they promised you that they, they'd stand by the cause and vote for marijuana, uh, back to school events. You're donating fucking backpacks, you know, wow. uh, they had you doubt they're donating backpack. Well, they'd hit you up. They'll be like, you know, if you, you know, if you know what's up, you could read between the lines, right? It's like fucking, you're not, you're not greasing palms, but you are, bro. And you got to pay to play. So they take advantage of you. If you're coming around, if, if everybody heard at the time that Maywood was going to be one of the first cities to adopt uh, a cannabis ordinance. So everybody was flocking over there. And these guys, they're like uh, how prostitutes do the tricks, bro. They'll turn, you know, they'll, they'll lure you in and take that motherfucking money. So that's what they were doing. They're, they'll be like, all right, back to school. We need fucking 100 backpacks and school supplies. What you got on it? <laughs> so we were buying backpacks, Jeez. bro. Turkey. What you got on it? What a racket. You got them on 40, home. What a racket. Turkey day, we were buying yeah. turkeys and shit, you know. <laughs> Christmas time, we fucking bought a fucking you 20. You tuna buying turkeys. Yeah. Yeah. Bro. I mean, that just shows you whatever it takes, right? Yeah. So, uh, when we start feeling like it was, you know, it was gonna, it was gonna pan out, we started like, you know, looking for real estate in the area. And, uh, 
the way the law was written in Maywood is like not a lot of real estate qualified for, you know, cannabis activities because of zoning and all that. So we found a building, but it wasn't for sale. I was like, man, imagine we could be in that building. It's a badass building. It was right at the corner of the city. And uh, we approached the, the tenants at the time and they gave us the number to the owner. The owner's like, here, talk to my uh, agent. He didn't say yes or no. He just gave us the, the number to the agent. And we told the agent, we're like, yo, we don't, we don't have a, a real estate agent on our end. You could double end the deal. So she was going to make commission on our end Ooh, and on her end. Smart. So it made pushing it like, the smart move. Yeah. So it made it, it made it worthwhile for her. And we ended up. Did you knew it was going to be a cookies already? No. Okay. No. So the, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah, get into it. Hold, yeah. Hold on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm excited. So uh, we ended <laughs> at this time. We're like, we're pretty, you know, like it's, it's been a year that we're in Maywood. We like, you know, it, it took a lot of money to get to that point, you know, fundraisers and this and that, like, and I didn't, I didn't have a lot of money at the time, bro. I was like spread thin. So we, we locked down the building. We, she says, I'll say the, the owner agreed to sell it for 4 million. We lock it down with a, a $40,000 cashier's check, put it in escrow not having any financials or anything to fucking close on the, on the fucking, uh, on the building. So I start shopping the deal. I was like, yo, if I get a license, like, you know, it should be a, it should be a, it should be an easy sell for, you know, like somebody to, to invest on, on the dream, you know? So I tried to shop it and nobody was fucking, Nobody wanted a. Wow. They, they thought they thought it was a thing because everybody's all like, "Yo, I'm gonna get a license May in Maywood. I'm gonna get a license in Maywood." And I felt like I had a legit fucking shot. Like people knew us because we actually spent time. I went up on the fucking podium. I I told the residents about you know the the benefits of of cannabis and the negative side and you know the pluses and minus. Their whole concern was you know uh, we're the cartel and they're giving their money to the cartel. But, that still comes up now. Yeah. I'm like, that's like 0.001% of shops. They don't even understand that, but yeah. So I'm not, I'm not a gambling person, but the, the biggest gamble I made was, you know, just putting that, that check on that building and hoping I could close. And uh, I end up not closing. It, somebody else tried to swoop in and buy the building. I went up as, as a backup offer. So we go in as a backup offer and then, uh, I finally found somebody that was like serious that said, yo, I'll, I'll buy the building for you and you could rent it back for me. And, uh, he was, a uh, he was, a uh, he was a really smart businessman. You know, he's actually the, the same guy that owns the, the jungle boys building, the food for less building. Wow. Yeah. He, he owns a lot of his real estate, his real estate portfolios. He knows who to deal with. Insane, Deep game. Yeah. yeah. He owns he a lot of weed, weed real estate. Smart so guy. This gentleman, uh, you know, bought the building. We rented it back from him. And, uh, like, I now I needed a good am amount of money to kind of build it out. And, you know, I had a small chunk, uh, me, Tuna, and, and, and PokerStar. But, you know, it wasn't nothing to get us to the finish line. It's a big building. So I was shopping it to a bunch of people. And at the time, 
my boy that I sold the the hydro shop to, he had a mutual partner. They they had a dispensary. He knew me because I took a lot of work down there. It was called No, no Hose Finest. And uh, dude's name's Armin, real cool dude. Uh, you know, I told him about the whole project and, and the vision. I told him, look, I, I got a license and I got a building that I'm renting back from the owner. And, uh, you know, my vision is, you know, 300 lights, vertical fucking dispensary, this and that. And he was like, all right, how much is it going to be? I told him, you know, three M's. He's like, all right, I'm in. We said 50, 50. Hell boom. yeah. So we committed to it. Three mil in fucking we're at like halfway, bro. I like, I didn't know what I was talking about. I was like, uh, it was my first time building to that scale, you know? 25,000 square foot and building legal. legal. Yeah. It was just, uh, out of my fucking experience, bro. Like I'd never experienced anything like that. Most people, their first time legal. I mean, everything takes a year longer. Everything's more expensive. Everything's longer. Yep. Yeah. So at this time I'm on the gram, just kind of, you know, like, uh, watching the scene and kind of putting my progress up, letting people know, like, you know, like, what we're working on and what's to come and this and that and at that time uh steve labelle we working was talking to one of my partners mm. and he came by and we were talking about doing like a celebrity type of endorsement for the shop you know to get shit popping and stuff so he was throwing out some names it was like yo what if we, we bring so and so and this and that and like bone thugs and harmony or this person that person i was like you know they they're cool bro but you know i don't think they, they, they're in the culture like you think they are you know they're not popping like that he's like well who do you think i was like fuck whiz bro you know maybe you whiz, maybe whiz, whiz or burn you know and uh he's like burner's already doing his thing and whiz khalifa's doing khalifa kush and he, you know he's all he's all we'll see what's up so we had that meeting and then he came by one more time. And as he was talking to, to, to my partners and, and me, he got a phone call from a uh, burner burner at the time was Steve LaBelle was, uh, Scott Storch's manager. So, uh, Scott Storch is a big producer. You know, he does a lot of, uh, music for, for Legend. rap, rap legends and shit. Yeah. Famous. So, dude uh, was working on burner's album so burner hit up steve labelle on a facetime and he was like yo what are you doing he's like i'm right here in maywood and when burner heard maywood a lot of people were trying to be in maywood at the time you know i i don't know i heard rumors that you know jungle boys had plans to to get a license over there a lot of a lot of big names so was there only one there were very few, right? Well, there were very few licenses yeah. that were going to be given out and very few real estate. So like real estate was getting bought out by certain groups. I didn't know who, what, what players were making what plays, but uh, Burner had caught wind of, you know, like the city was already like, it was buzzing. So he's all like, what a, a weed facility. And, you know, Steve showed him around and it was just like uh, framing, you know, just two by fours, just framing. And we had already done the layout. Uh, me, Mike, and Tuna. I mean, me, Mike, uh, and uh, PokerStar. We we mapped everything out on a fucking napkin. Then went back and forth, uh, got it all laid out. So the place is like 
skeletons at this point. And uh, Burner caught wind of it. It seemed like he was interested. And then we're all like, yo, maybe that could be an avenue. You know, maybe we could make that work. So fast forward a couple of months after that, we we have the shop pretty much built out. Was this this was the first time you had met Burner or had any contact with Burner? He had basically it was just through this I, deal. I met him one time before, but that was when I was like he didn't know me or anything. I pulled up to Reef in, in Vegas when they first opened up. And or I don't exotics. know if it was a, yeah, no, not a, not during the exotics. It was oh, right okay. when he was started the partnership. He was there, he had some jars, and at the time Reef had some garbage. But Burn was there and he was like, Look, this is what I'm gonna bring over here and you know he had a little meeting greet and shit and i met him never thought anything of it you know like i fuck with his music and shit it's like fucking trapper smuggler you know weed head music and shit that i really fuck with you know we used to listen to his shit in the grow yeah so very few and, people talk to us this is what we do for a living yeah you know? yeah and and I like I like the the Cookie Fam genetics at the time. You know, I used to go to Hell to the yeah. spot right here in Hollywood. I forget the Kind Center. Yep. And and pick shout up. out a deal. Shout out a big man. shout out yeah. deal. I used to go to the Kind Center and pick up you know Cookie Fam flower. I like the guava. They always and that shit fire. had oh, they had Karma Squad. Yeah, yeah. 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 So so uh, I I knew about Burn and then the Cookie Fam and. And I'm 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 up on game on the gram, bro. You know, I'm watching people build their brands and this and that. But I'm a, I'm gonna do my shit strategic. You know, I'm gonna make some noise regardless because the facility's still ahead of its time in the in the in the rec world. You know, right. So perfect area too in L.A. Yeah, man. great area. It's right there in the hood. Um, and you're single source now. You have a grow and dispensary in one location, which is what everyone wants. Yeah, total vertical. Yeah, that was a big play. So uh, at that time, the the store's like kind of like on its final stages, eighty percent built out, and uh, double the budget. Yeah, double the budget. So we brought in some some uh, a couple of more partners, you know, to for a little cash infusement and strategic strategic partners. You know, uh, if you know Al, you know who I'm talking about. You know my. My boy from uh, Cookies Melrose, Backpack Boys, and all okay, that. Yeah, okay. legend in the Big game. Shout out, absolutely. Al and Mike, so uh, they came on board That's and kind of got us to the finish line. So, uh, when when we were nearing the the end of the project, uh, Burn came back around and uh, he kind of scoped the the shop and he was, you know, he was like just feeling us out to see who we were and you know, what our vision was and what we're trying to do and all that stuff. And he, he liked the shop, the concept, you know, the whole vertical uh, concept. And we talked about, you know, doing like, we're, we're talking about doing the shop, calling it hybrid. And, uh, we talked about doing like a, a collab, doing a cookies slash hybrid, uh, like collab that. store. We went back and forth on that for mm -hmm. a couple of weeks. And then while he was there, I had given him some flour that I grew. Uh, and he was blown away. He's like, fuck. He's like, you grew this shit? <laughs> I remember it was some peach OZ that uh, we hunted through a dying breed pack. And I'd never met like Brandon and them at the time, you know? So I, I was like popping seeds, finding some dope shit. 
And uh, I just harvested probably like a couple of weeks before burners meeting. So the night before, like I knew he was coming, I stayed up all night and I cherry picked nugs. I fucking hand trimmed it myself, stayed up late, fucking got mason jars. I was like, man, I'm gonna impress this fool. Like jarred it up and fucking labeled them. And the next day we went to the meeting at the shop and, you know, I laid it on him. I was like, yo, check out the jars, bro. And crack them open. And he was fucking with it, dog. And, uh, we had a real cool meeting at the time. And then he came back after with Jigga, like a couple of weeks later, he's like, yeah, like anything like, you know, I'm half a, I'm half of cookies and my partner Jigga is the other half. And, you know, like he's got to come down and we got to do this thing, you know, together. So Jigga comes down and scopes out the, the shop and man, like he was hype, bro. And Jigga's energy is like on some other level, bro. Like if you're in his presence and that dude's like, you know, like he's doing his talking and describing and shit like, fuck, he gets you charged up. The so, homies yeah. always call him like Master Yoda and shit yeah. like that bro, and i always yeah. hear some crazy yeah, yeah sensei. sensei yeah and you guys did that big c drop with him we'll get to that but i mean i i was in line at 3 a.m so, for that so, the, so they i remember so you meeting know. you for that bro. oh dope, yeah, yeah, yeah. dude yeah hell yeah so uh so uh we talk about you know doing a, a collab shop and then they go everybody goes back he go they go back to the bay and you know we're we go back to the books and we're just like trying to put our heads together and uh burns like yo like fuck what if we just call it fucking cookies i was like man that would be a game changer that would shut the game down right here in la you know but i don't know like i guess he had he had he wanted to do a shop in la for a while and and he had talked to to ivan and the jungle boys about doing something and that never panned out and he really wanted a shop over here so he was like fuck it if it's not gonna happen with them i'm gonna make something happen you know so we ended up inking a deal and uh they had a bunch of genetics and stuff they they brought down and at the time burn was still partners with connected and and they supported the whole play you know they they fucking sold us a bunch of you know the dank that they were growing at the time the Dope. the biscotti and the 41 and whatever whatever they had popping so that's how like the you know uh, and burner was doing an album release for like uh the big pescado mm-hmm. and it was the you know the day his mom had passed away uh so he wanted to do something the anniversary of his mom's death so he wanted to do something to change the scene and the energy so he dropped the album that day and then we opened up maywood that day it was uh i think january 16 or 18 in uh 2018 yeah your brother told about that story that you you guys you guys did that in like record timing yeah that was fucking insane bro you boys were the ones yeah you guys i mean that's the flagship anyone you talk to when you're like yo you want to try like some fire like the fire version of the cookie shop it's it's always the maywood location because of you guys being able to cultivate the way you do and i tell everybody all the time cookies has a lot of spots and you know i tell them this Maywood's not a partnership. It's the mothership. <laughs> I like I that. So, I like, see him posting that too. We, so. we, we got oh, a yeah. lot of love for Maywood, yeah. man. That's our baby. All mm-hmm. of ours, you know, it, yeah, kicked, off, it kicked off the, the, the whole connected cookies era was dope. I fucked with it heavy and that was legendary in, it, in its own sense. Yep. And then, you know, like right after that era, like 
you know, when that thing died out, it was unfortunate. It was fucked up. It was good. For, like, we all loved it when they were teamed up together, you know, like it was good for everybody. And then after our era was fucking dope because it just gave birth to like a whole new era for cookies and stuff. But it was dope, man. Like it's crazy. Still is dope. Absolutely. And, yeah. And so you guys ran the shop and had that pumping for quite some time. Um, how long did you have it, how you had it before the renovation, how you just released it recently? And we'll get to that. How you guys just did a complete overhaul of the dispensary and it looks insane, man. Yeah, the remodel is dope. We had it we had it going for about three and a half years before we Fire. hit it with the remodel. Yeah, yeah. so it's dope. It's it's got a, a nice uh like a three hundred thirty uh, flowering lights in the back. Uh little R&D area that we do some breeding at seed hunts and uh hell yeah man yeah uh, you can check that out on the vlog too you you, you boys yeah, took us back yeah, there you got to yeah. suit suit up and we went in the back and checked it out saw yeah. some uh some some pomelo some fish scale all that live okay. and so that's that was dope and we saw the new shop we saw yeah, the, yeah, new yeah, the new version. So you version. want to be able to see the new layout that they just finished. It's it's off the chain. Yeah. It really is. It's so different than what it was. Talk about that. Uh, you know, doing the renovation and and the envisionment and how you were able to, you know, make that happen. Like, you know, how'd you go about that? Like who had the vision and uh because it looks dope. Like when I walked in, I'm not gonna lie, like I was pretty surprised. I was like, damn, this is fire. Like, yeah, the, the vision was, you know, like, uh, amongst the partners, you know, we were just, uh, looking at the lines during the COVID time and, uh, it was popping. It was popping. Really? I remember going a few times. And like I said, I waited like 20, 30 minutes, but it was like, you know, that waiting room was, you know, a little rough, <laughs> but once you got staring. in, it was cool. You got your shit, you can get out. Yeah, right. But yeah. now you go there and you want to hang out for a little bit. You yeah. might want to catch a conversation or something and chill yeah, out. Exactly. You know that, I mean? that, that was the whole point out. of the changes is not to get nobody to wait in uh, right. in that old uh, two fifteen waiting area. You know, yep. that vibe. We were trying to get rid of that, and it, you know, now it's like you're at a cool retail store or something waiting. Yeah, it's it's to, more up to date you know, with all like the new newer cookie Miami hotel, even like like South Beach. Like, like I the the vibe is real different. Like, yeah, almost like a Vegas vibe too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's based on the Santa Ana and the Vegas store. Yeah, exactly. That That's, makes yeah. sense. That's the feel I got. Yeah, it's dope. But you guys have been holding that cultivation down since day one. Because yeah. I go there and I smoke the product. I've been there and smoked the product. Could you? So so let's go back to how did the Jiga seed drop work? Because like I was in line at two thirty three in the morning and waited till noon because like i wanted to get that first london pound cake drop i actually still have those seeds i'm about i want to pop them but i still yeah, have them i saved them buy seeds and never pop them i don't know i'm gonna any, pop them i need I some space anyone else uh, i need 330 lights flower has seed collecting as a hobby <laughs> but this guy's a big seed collector I, yeah but i mean that I was how did that work like like no. was that shortly after it opened that right? was shortly after it opened mm -hmm. and uh we did the London pound cake seed drop. Ooh. I remember meeting you actually. Thank you. Yep. No, yep. I was so excited, bro. I met, I met a couple of homies and uh, like that shit popped off. A lot of people came through for them. And, and one of the, the people that reached out to me, like DM me was uh, somebody I partnered up with my homie, Donnie, different shades of green. 
and dude hit me up and he's he he's big about beans bro and dude came and copped a bunch of beans and he was following me on the gram at the time and uh what he actually was watching me pre-cookies like build the the whole shop so he watched it from its infancy and shit wow. and uh i ended up networking with him and that kind of like you know blossomed into us launching fiore from his facility like a, a couple dope. of years down the line so, what so a, a lot of dope it, shit it came out works. of that yeah. you know see yeah. drop full circle man you know like Tell us more about that then, you know, how did you, how, how did you start, you know, Fiore and what was, what was the vision and, you know, your partnership with that like? So when, when we did Cookies Maywood, uh, you know, a couple of the partners went and opened up a couple of uh, Cookies retail stores. We wanted to concentrate more on uh, the cultivation side. That's more always been our specialty, uh, you know, tuna and, and uh, me and Poker Star. So we, we wanted uh, to have a brand that would kind of, you know, would be our own thing. We could do our own collabs and, and kind of, you know, let our own creative mind play out and kind of support cookies too, as far Get as cultivation. Shelves, yeah. yeah. Cultivation, not just for show us being on the shelf space, but you know, supporting cookies uh as far as like finding the, strains and finding strains and produce producing you know 100 yep, so we, we flavors were, what we were doing uh, what we were doing out of maywood the streets were fucking with it you know yeah, 100%. there's a lot of producers that were producing cookie strains and stuff but they were fucking with the maywood lachaim bags bro you like in the back it smokes it, it smokes the shit was smoking the shit is five. smoking yeah, yeah. You know, like you could hype it up or not, but I'm a real smoker, bro. Like I, I smoke fucking hella weed Ooh. at the end of the day. That's what makes a difference. Your that's passion. our C4 right there, bro. bro that, that's the that's that's a, TK yeah, right? Triangle Kush Time Straw Nana. Fucking what a amazing great cross. Terps. My homie uh, Charisma washed that for us. Ooh. And that was in the seed hunt. Epic seed hunt. I'm going to get into that that chapter of things in, in a minute with uh, with Donnie and Dylan, Different Shades of Green. And and our partnership over there. So let's try some pack ups. Yo, let's, yeah. let's all try. I some. love the branding, by the way, man. Like, I, thank you, man. That's what honestly made me a fan of you. Is like I'm into the branding and different things that I noticed first. And the first thing I noticed about before I really knew who Surge Cannabis was, obviously on Instagram, um, I knew you know fiore and i was like wow this is a fire ass brand you and know you're like, like i'm seeing everything wow. and yeah i, I watched the ogs bro pioneer yeah. the shit you know and you take notes uh, yeah 100 and be being a connoisseur and 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 why the the if you got if you got a shitty product and great marketing it's the quickest way to kill your brand bro you'll market your shit to death right, right. if you got great marketing and shitty product but if you got great product and great marketing your shit's gonna take off bro and i feel like uh the timing and and, and everything what, what we were doing was right and and everything was clicking and and i went to to the ogs for their advice and their blessings bro burns uh he's a legend in the game bro and and i got the the benefit of calling him my my friend and my partner so i went to him for advice and his blessing i told him yo I'm gonna crack off this brand, you know, like come do it with me. And he was like, no, nah, little bro, you go crack that shit off on your own, but I got your back. I support you hundred percent. And then we talked about logos and colorways and this and that. And, and, uh, 
he was real supportive about everything from day one, bro. And, and gave me a lot of like insight on, you know, branding, brand building and, and shit like that. So it, it's cool having people, OGs around you, bro. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a few years younger, but fuck in, in spirit, I feel really young, you know, when I'm around people like this, cause their accomplishments are like fucking people don't accomplish what they accomplish in a fucking lifetime. And they're still in their young, they're still young, you know? So Steve LaBelle, Burner, Be Real, you know, being around cats like this, you, you take notes and fucking learn shit, bro. And then the, the other beasts around me, bro, my partners, you know, in the, in the backside that, that people don't see my brothers, you know, like it's, yeah, I'm, I'm learning, I'm taking notes, I'm making shit happen. So talk about the seed hunts and stuff you were just speaking on your partners with that. So, uh, I met Donnie and Dylan, uh, real cool brothers. They were building their own spot in, uh, in Adelanto at the time when I met them, they were watching me build Maywood. I was watching them build their facility in Adelanto. And, uh, they're, you know, OG growers from back in the day from, uh, from, you know, the, the two fifteen days, uh, they did their thing, but they didn't really build a brand or anything. And, uh, so when I met them, they bought a bunch of seeds. We started networking. I went up to, how's that say? <laughs> the big ass I was fighting it, with this thing for a minute. I'm like, oh, come on, what's up with this shit. peak, man? It matches, I'll dude. I'll surprise you. Yeah, I, 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 I like that Fiore Yo, this shit is man. fire. Yo, <laughs> let me just, <laughs> strawberry banana times triangle kush. So if you it's you've already smoked strawberry banana it's already a potent strain now you're adding triangle kush to it like this is some smoker smoke for like raw this is rosin too this is live rosin yeah bro this is fire absolutely beautiful taste you would you like some it's you know primed and creme, ready creme de la creme baby yeah it's beautiful man it is tasty it's got that beautiful strawberry banana wow. back to it it's like creamy, but it, you can you know that there's got some like OG, some cami, uh, really nice man. Great yeah. work on that, bro. Thank you, bro. Honestly. So uh, yeah, I, I met the homie. Different shades of green and nature refined. Uh, when uh, when we we're on the gram and they came by to swoop up some seeds, built a relationship with them, and uh, as they were designing their facility, they came toward the the Maywood and got some ideas and insight on how to build it. And we've always been an open book with everybody, bro. You know, like it's about share, sharing game. And, you know, if I see the homies trying to do the same thing, I'm going to want them to succeed and network and we'll build on that. So, uh, That's he rare. came by, got some ideas and, and, you know, they were, they were light years ahead on their build. It seemed like, fuck, they were building such a big building. He's got 1500 lights up in Adelanto in the desert. And I remember going by their building to tour their, their building as they were like nearing completion. And he said his partners are Armenian and I'm Armenian. So, uh, ended up meeting them. They're like, you know, family, you know, three brothers, very family oriented. And, and they love the, the, the boys, Donnie and Dylan, like family too. So we're like, fuck man, like, amazing vibes over here and uh so once they got their license uh they didn't pop any clones they popped in i think fourteen thousand, like 500 seeds not fucking 100 1400 14 000 
500 seeds. I think like a couple hundred. That is awesome. Yeah, they they got a genetic fraction of that. I think that's about what I have sitting in my my bank. You know, I think we could. Yeah, we could. How much space you got to have to pop fourteen hundred lights? That's about what I need. They they kicked off all fifteen (laughs) hundred lights. All indoor. All indoor. Yeah, yeah. their wow. their facilities yeah. unbelievable. If you haven't seen a nature underscore Nat- refined, yep, nature. Refined. And uh, I th- are they originally from Seattle, from Washington area? Maybe I'm not sure. I think not that, sure. I think I think they're SoCal. They're SoCal. Man, what, what an unbelievable what, facility! So talk to us about the seeds. Yeah, the seeds were from like everybody's gear. Donnie did a, a hell of a job. Like fucking, you know, That's a like lot of seeds, buying seeds, bro. A lot of a money. lot of paper. Yeah. So uh, yeah, there was everybody's work, bro. Canarado, fucking bro, every anybody what under the sun, any any breeder, I like. There's not one that I could leave out that he didn't have their work. That's killer. What time frame is this? This is 2018, 2019. Okay, so uh, a couple years ago. Yeah. Yep. Three years ago, Mo. So they started popping and, and hunting through those seeds, and. uh you know, like a lot of people were approaching them, trying to lock down, you know, their grow and uh, and contract their their workout or whatever. And we just built a great relationship organically together, you know, so it was only right that we worked together and uh, they didn't have a brand that they, they wanted to put anything under. So we launched the Fiore brand and uh, yeah, that's how that's how everything launched from their facility so we did a a seed hunt about 14,500 seeds and uh picked a bunch of uh keepers for the fiore menu how'd you come up with the name the fiore name we were going back and forth trying to get some dope shit and i don't know man i i came up with it i i ran it by tuna and poker and they were they're like fuck i like it you know and it is dope it yeah, is dope it's italian for flower Oh Fire. yeah, love it, dude! Smoking in Miami vibe, it's elegant. You know, so a lot of different directions you can take the brand, mm-hmm. which is dope. Um, and then you got to talk to us about the plane, man. What, what? You guys were just like, "Fuck it, let's wrap the plane." <laughs> yeah. Huh? So the plane, it was that uh, got my attention for sure. I was like, oh, "Yo, that's some dope shit." Like, yeah, well, because if you're in the cannabis game, like you see something like that, you're like, you're if you're not a hater, you're you're happy for that. Like, yo, that's dope. Yeah. Like that's so, levels. That, that was set the fire, new level. Bro. Like yeah, I saw so that was like that we, made me we, a fan of the brand. We've always been in aviation lie. because of Poker Star. Like he he's yeah. been flying since he was 18. Yeah. So wow. he's got like 25 years of flying and uh dude's a beast when it comes to the, you know behind behind the, the that's plane. Dope. That's so, awesome. Living out his dream, he had a he had a uh, a two engine plane uh, we used to take everywhere whenever we had to go up to the bay we'd hop in that motherfucker and just go uh be there in like you know 45 minutes an hour or whatever and uh it got a little outdated and you know when we when we started seeing a little success we we're all like fuck dude it's time to upgrade so dude popped up with the cj1 plus that that thing's badass and it's got a custom paint job. Everybody thinks it's a wrap, but it's oh, wow. it's a it's oh, a wow. custom, custom paint, paint job. job. So yeah. it's a, I thought damn a jet with the custom plane paint yeah. job on the jet. Custom jet with a Dude, custom paint job. Love we we it. had to take fly it out to Arizona, leave it there for like uh I think sixty days. And we have a time lapse video of it getting uh painted. 
And these guys are good, bro. They got the gradient down like fucking amazing. That's why you think it's a wrap. You're like, it's too yeah, good. Yeah, it's done so it's well. It's got the Fiore on the belly. When and people the, see and it, the they tail trip number out. is uh, CM420, Cookie Monster 420, bro. That's a custom wow. tail number. The the FAA was like backed up for a while. So we had a temporary tail tail number on it. And then finally unveiled that tail number that we like, uh, you know. Big shout out Cookie out. Monster. Wow, that's, that's killer, cool. yeah. man. That's Shout crazy. out to my partner, Edwin, man. Dude's a beast, bro. Straight yeah. up. Yeah, that's it. He's our pilot. People, I, I bet when people see you land in that thing, people are like, yo. Because like some people have jets, but it's not wrapped with their brand. Yeah. Or not wrapped, my bad. Custom it's not paint. custom painted. It's too good. <laughs> that, that shit's, hey, that shit's, a, uh, it pops, bro. Like yeah, we, we landed at Vegas one time and uh, Drake's plane was there. You know, the one he did with Virgil. It's the clouds. Wow. Yeah. It's a big fucking like a 767 or some Crazy. shit. But our little fucking thing was like, you know, it's, it's a, it, it pops more than his yeah, yeah. big ass 767. You yeah, to have those two in the same lot. Right. That's a photo shoot. And Holy whenever you shit. pull up to like weed events, you see like who's a real boss over there. You're like, oh, damn. <laughs> These who's got a big ass jet too. Our, ours is up. a little, ours is a little thing, you know, but. Yeah. Man, some people doing their thing in the weed game, bro. Yeah, no, shout I out love to it. them. No, no it's up. setting goals for some of these guys. So what, there are. What's next for uh, you know for Surge, man? For Surge, uh, fuck. I just you know I, I love hunting and and breeding. I just want to keep you know pushing pushing the the evolution of the plant, doing my part in my generation. You know, breeding new strains, hunting hunting through shit, other people's gear. And, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's what we're trying to do. Navigate through these uncharted times right now. Times are tough, yep. you know, in the, in the, in the weed space. So just, you know, we're, we're here for the long haul. Absolutely. And you, you, already, made, you already made it through the rain. Yeah. yeah. Seems like. We, we, we've, we've paid our dues, man. Yeah. Straight up. But nonetheless, you know, it's it, at the end of the day, business is business, you know, yeah. and, and uh, you got to be a good businessman to survive. You got to have good ethics to survive, you know, and uh, you, you got to be a, a, a stand-up person because our, our community don't put up with bullshit, bro. If you're a fake, if you're a phony, we'll call you out on that shit, you know? We'll pull your cover, so. Yeah. Try this, to be a solid tight. human being. I've been in the weed game 20 years, bro, and everybody knows my name. Not, not to be cocky or anything, but the people that do know my name, I'm good with, you know? Like, my name's good. For 20 plus years, Cali from fucking Humboldt to fucking San Diego to Spain, the UK, bro. I never done nobody dirty, bro. And that's, you know, integrity. What can we expect out of that new facility, that Fiore facility? I see a lot of like all your own strains, all stuff that you pop from seed. All, like it's just gonna continue like that fire that you guys grow and and yep. chase down a, a lot of a lot of r and d man to just bring something special to the market right now the market's so like monotone right uh I'm not gonna say any strain names, but a lot of the same terps uh dominating the whole genetic pool right now, and what we wanna do is just take our time to slowly breed away from that and give a nice diverse menu something something worthwhile you know because a lot of strains are coming and going but nothing worthwhile to talk about you know and i'm talking about across the whole board i'm not gonna you know i'm not we're not even coming up with nothing special i'd like 
it takes a lot to come with something special that's gonna, you know, stand out. So we want to bring some standouts. We're gonna take our time, do our breeding projects, take our time with it, and and hunt through, you know, deep deep hunts. Try to find those gems and you know bring them to light, share it with the world. Bro, if you could give the young growers, like, cause like, I, you know, a lot of people follow you. A lot of people love what you're doing. And if you could give some young growers, guys that don't have a hundred lights up, guys that are trying to figure out how to get on or just trying to figure out how to put some lights up, like just some advice from, from grower, like, and someone who, who they look up to and who has built a legal grow and a legal facility and, and a multi-million dollar, like multi-brands, you know, unbelievable. Uh, advice I would give is pretty much, you know, start small. Don't be afraid to fail. Keep at it. Learn. You know, it takes time. Uh, you probably don't want to hear this, but it takes a lot of time to get where people are at. People just see, you know, you just hear about somebody and you think it was an overnight success. That person has 20 years behind them probably to get them where they're at, but start small and, uh, you know, if you have the space in your house and you like growing, you like dealing with the plant, you know, pop some seeds, get, get going, get your hands dirty. And if you don't have the means to do it at home, we're, we're living in, it's one hell of a time to be alive right now, right? Legalization and all this stuff. Go apply at a place and, and go get a job at a weed facility. Start from, you know, being a, a trimmer and work your way up from, or a plant tech, you know, and do some plant care. and get your hands dirty and be involved with a dope team everybody's looking to bring solid members on their team so contribute to the to the community make your efforts known your you know and your efforts will be recognized for for what you do and and that that'll you know little by little elevate you in the game and bring you up into you know somewhere where you deserve to be Dope, man. Absolutely, man. Yeah. You already know. Teamwork. Any that's shout a great outs while way. we wrap it up? Uh, man, shout out to everybody that supports Fiore and Cookies and, and me in general. Shout out to you guys. I fuck with the podcast. Thank you for, for what you guys are doing. Uh, I listen to it when I'm working, when I'm driving to work. And uh, yeah, that's about it, man. Shout out to the bros, man. Fidelity, Gas, my, No Breaks. Yeah, my brothers. Yeah, Pops, man, man, the whole damn crew, man. Everybody watching, everybody at home, man, for real. It's Much season love. four, episode 38, Surge from Fiore, Black Leaf, Pack Gods. We're checking out. And we got Peace. some stuff coming. Let's go. Peace. What's up? I want to take a second to talk about Grow Generation, the largest hydroponic retailer in the country, over 60 stores nationwide. Go to growgeneration.com and enter in the code first smoke. Become a part of the family. Let's go where the pros go to grow. Hey, calling all breeders and growers to the world's largest online seed bank, neptuneseedbank.com. Check out this. I got goodies from all the best breeders in the market. To go here and change your game in your garden, go to NeptuneSeedBank.com. You can get Blackleaf and you can get all the best breeders in the game. NeptuneSeedBank.com, first smoke of the day sent you. Let's talk about Athena, one of the number one nutrient companies in the world, Athena Nutrients. Blackleaf, tell them how you use IPM in your garden. Athena IPM, one of the best products out right now for IPM management. This product passed testing for legal facilities and is what is what I use in my garden. Blackleaf approved, Athena IPM. This product and all other products, athenaag.com. Go check them out. Appreciate you guys. Yo, welcome to the Diamond Mine, the diamondmine.la, California source for boutique genetics. 
powered by yours truly, Blackleaf. And you know what that means? That means I'm bringing my best genetics into this. I'm bringing stuff I've been hiding, harboring away, stuff I haven't wanted to let out. We're bringing all that into the diamondmine.la and we're gonna offer that to California. Go on our website, hit the newsletter, and see if you could rock with us. Get on board with some of our genetics and change your garden. The diamondmine.la, powered by Blackleaf. We're here holding Power SI, and we wanna talk a little bit about what this can do for your garden. It's a game-changing product I use in my garden. Foliar, res feeds, I recommend it to all growers. This is a game changer. Go to Power SI and enter in the code First Smoke to get a discount. Yo, we're right here at TLC Collective, home of the Jungle Boys, where they've been playing with fire since 2006, right here in Los Angeles, California. It's at Jungle Boys on all social media, jungleboys.com, and if you wanna see for yourself, come right here to TLC Collective, man. Let's check it out.